Well, Thanksgiving week 2022 will soon be in the books. I want us all to kind of look back over our week. The week in review. And as you do, I want you to answer a question. And answer it honestly. Were you grateful? Now hang on. Hang on. Before you answer the question, i got to tell you a story. <laughs> Found in the New Testament book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 36 through 50. A man named Simon invited Jesus over to his house for dinner. Simon was a Pharisee. Pharisees were hyper-religious individuals. They loved rules. They got out the Bible. They studied the Bible to identify rules. They made lists of these rules. But they loved rules so much that just making lists of God's rules wasn't enough for them. So every year, they would create more rules. Their rules. And they would add it to the list. And in many cases, they valued their rules more so than God's rules. I guess, if that's what you want from your religion, you know, more power to you. The problem was, none of those guys kept the rules. They were notoriously hypocritical. Now, they didn't keep the rules, but they expected you to keep the rules. And if you didn't keep the rules, man, you were condemned, you were ostracized, you were looked down on. So this guy, Simon along with some of his Pharisee buddies, they invited Jesus over for dinner. i got to be honest with you. I don't know why. Huh? I mean, you talk about polar opposites. This was like mixing oil and water. These men were hypocritical. Jesus was authentic. These men were condescending. Jesus was humble. These men didn't want anything to do with sinners, and Jesus welcomed sinners. So I don't understand the connection here. But Jesus accepted their invitation. Now, in the course of dinner, there was a woman that showed up who crashed the dinner party. She hadn't been invited. She wasn't necessarily welcomed by the Pharisees. The Bible said she was an immoral woman, a sinner, a woman who had committed a great many sins in her life. She comes walking into the dinner. She's carrying an alabaster jar, which was perhaps a work of art and worth a lot of money. But its value paled in comparison to the value of its content. Inside was rare, expensive perfume. She walks over to Jesus and she knelt down at his feet. Nobody had to tell her who he was. She didn't have to come go, now, who's, where's, which one of you guys? Is she knew Jesus. She had already had an experience with Jesus. She kneels at his feet and she begins to cry. Now, I'm not saying that her eyes kind of welled up with tears. I'm telling you, she began to weep. She began to sob. And her, and, and her tears fell on to Jesus' feet and wet them. 
And then she did something. I guess she already figured, I've broken protocol from my culture. She let her hair down. That was a huge no, 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 no. But she let her hair down, and she let her hair down for a very practical reason. She took her hair, and she dried Jesus' feet. She washed his feet with her tears and her hair. Then she began to kiss his feet. And finally, she took that alabaster jar and she opened it. And she started pouring this expensive perfume on Jesus' feet. Man, I can almost, I can almost smell the fragrance, the sweetness as it filled the air, you know, around the dinner table. Now, our religious buddy, Simon, he's watching all this go down. And he thinks to himself, listen now, he didn't say this out loud, but he thought to himself, I thought Jesus may have been a prophet of God. Well, I guess I was wrong, because a prophet would know what kind of woman this is that's touching him, and a prophet would have put a stop to this long ago. You know what Jesus did? He responded to his thoughts. Jesus read his mind as clearly as he could have heard those words spoken aloud. And Jesus said, Simon, I need to tell you a story. Simon said, go ahead, teacher. He said, there was this guy that loaned money to a couple of fellows. He loaned one 500 pieces of silver and another 50 pieces of silver. It didn't take long before both of these men recognized we got a mutual problem. Neither of us can repay our debt. He says, you know what the lender did? He kindly, it's a word from the biblical text, Kindly, which means graciously. He did them an undeserved favor. And you know what he did? He canceled their debt. And said, you boys don't owe me anything. Just forget it. We square. He looks at Simon and he said, Which of those two would be the most appreciative of the debt being canceled? Simon said, I guess the one who owed the most... Jesus said, that's right. Now, what was Jesus doing here? Jesus used an allegory. Probably fictional circumstances and characters to make a very real and important and relevant point. Now, in this allegory, the lender represented God. The two men represent mankind, and the debt represents sin. When you see it that way, you begin to understand that Jesus, in 35 words, packed in a, a volumes of theology. This is what they could learn. All of us are debtors. You understand that? Every human being who ever graced this planet accumulated some degree of sin debt. Some more than others. And and, and nobody, not one of us, could ever repay the debt. Large or small, you can't be religious enough, you can't be good enough. You can't do enough good to repay the debt. The only hope of ever settling up with the lender, with God, is that he would graciously cancel the debt by forgiving us. 
Now, once Jesus had those theological facts in front of Simon, he made his point. And here was the point of the story. Forgiveness should produce gratitude. You with me? Forgiveness should produce gratitude. Then he turned, he turned to the woman and he looked at her. But he's talking to Simon. And he said, Simon, you invited me into your home as a guest. But you haven't provided me with any of the common courtesies that any host would provide a guest. You didn't provide me with water to wash my feet. Her, however, she has washed my feet with her tears. Simon, you didn't greet me with a kiss, but she, on the other hand, has not stopped kissing my feet from the moment she got here. You didn't provide me with olive oil to anoint my head, yet she has anointed my feet with this expensive perfume. Oh, he is drilling down on this man, and he is making a point. He's, he's, making, he's showing the difference in how they were acting. This is what he's saying. She is grateful. You are not. And then he turned to those religious dudes, and he said, Her sins, and he was very clear and honest about this, Her sins and they are many, have been forgiven. Uh, they, they understood what he was saying. I forgave her sins. So this religious guy boy, opened up a bunch of chatter at the table. One of them said, what kind of a man goes around forgiving sins? Thank God there is such a man that goes around forgiving sins. Jesus looked at this woman again. He said, you trusted me. And I saved you. Go in peace. What can we learn from that story? God, I tell you, man, we could just unpack the bus and be here the rest of the day talking about the things we can learn. I want to isolate one lesson. A lesson I think is timely for today, and that is this. Gratitude can be seen. You with me? Gratitude is something that you can see. If you are grateful, you can see it in yourself. If you are grateful, others can see it in you. Gratitude isn't something you can suppress or hide. It's going to work its way to the surface. Take this woman, for example. Where can we see her gratitude? We see her gratitude in her intentions. She heard that Jesus was at this dinner. She made a decision. I've got to find him. I need to be with him. I need to be in his presence. So that what? So that I can express my gratitude to him. We see her gratitude in her attitude. Her humility, when she got to Jesus, she didn't pull up a chair and sit down next to him. She put her face in the dirt at, her, at his feet. This was a posture of humility. Through her, through her posture, she was saying something that is, you're not just the Lord, you're my Lord. I am your servant. What do you need? We can see her gratitude in her emotions. She could not hold back the tears. I don't know, man, maybe you've experienced this. I've experienced this, and even recently, where somebody does something very special for me, something that meant a lot to me, something that moved me, and, and I, I wanted, I felt compelled. I, I, need to, I need to tell them how grateful. And you know, you, you're, I'm a man, so you kind of want to be, you keep your composure, and you say, you know, I want to just thank you for what you, 
And then about the time, about you two words in, and you just burst into tears. Because it meant something to you. That's what this woman was experiencing. She could not express gratitude without crying. We see her gratitude in her emotions. We see her gratitude in her gift. She gave Jesus the very best she had. We see her gratitude in her acts of service. All those common courtesies that Simon had overlooked, she did those things for Jesus, but she did them with extravagance. I got a question. When you look back over your week, do you see gratitude? Do you see it in your intentions? I mean, she had a goal. I got to get to him. I got to get with him. I got to tell him. I mean, last week, did we intentionally search for Jesus and seek out times and opportunities where we could be in his presence and just express our gratitude to him? I mean, what were our goals last week? Man, my goal was to kill a big deer. My goal was to uh, cook the perfect meal. You know, my goal was to eat as much as I possibly could. I mean, what were our goals? Because I think our intentions may very well betray whether we are grateful or not. Looking back over last week, can you see gratitude in your attitude? Did you humble yourself in His presence, offering yourself as His servant? Do you see gratitude in your emotions? When you tried to express to him how grateful you are, when you tried maybe to express to a friend or a family member how grateful you are to God, did you find yourself breaking down emotionally? So moved how good he's been to you. Did you do you see gratitude in what you gave him? Did you give him your best? Last week, did you see gratitude in what you did for him? Did you serve him in extravagant ways? Now, here's, here's, the, here's the cold, hard truth. Some of us are sitting here going, no. Ronnie, we worked Monday through Wednesday. We're trying to wrap things up so we can get a decent Thursday and Friday off. You know, we've got multiple meals, family dinners we go to. We're cooking, we're cleaning, we've got to work in some hunting. We've got football, some of you regretting that anybody played yesterday. I understand that. And, you know, we've got so much going on, Ronnie. We were just so busy. I understand that. And perhaps you weren't as grateful as you should have been. There's a remedy for that. And the remedy is this. Very simple. Remember. Forgetfulness is the thief of gratitude. This lady, she didn't have any trouble expressing her gratitude. You know why? She had not forgotten what she was when Jesus found her. She had not forgotten what her life was like before Jesus saved her. Tim, she had not forgotten the mountain of sin, debt that she had accumulated through her lifestyle. She had not forgotten the grace that had been extended to her when Jesus saved her. Therefore, it just flowed out of her, the gratitude. My question is this, could we have forgotten? Have we forgotten what we were when Jesus found us? Could we have forgotten what our lives were like? Before he saved us? 
Could we have forgotten? Our sin debt? Could we have forgotten that Jesus stepped in and paid a debt for us that we never could have paid ourselves? Have we forgotten how he did it? He assumed responsibility for the debt and went to a cross and gave his life. He suffered. He bled. He died to pay a debt we couldn't pay. Have we forgotten that everything that God and his son have ever done for us were an undeserved favor? It's all an expression of grace. It's important, guys, that we remember and never forget.